This is a 3CR podcast produced in the studios of independent community radio station 3CR in Melbourne, Australia. Go to allthews.3cr.org.au. Welcome to this week's edition of the Yarra Bicycle Users Group radio program on Community Radio 3CR. And we're kicking off today is Radiothon Starts Today. So uh, don't forget to subscribe or donate to the show. And I'll give all those uh, bits and pieces how to call the station, how to subscribe and donate, and make sure that we make our target to stay on air. Okay, uh, Yarra Bicycle Users Group radio. We're a little show about cycling and related transport issues coming to you from the studios of 3CR in Melbourne, Australia. And thank you to Democracy Now! for the last hour of current affairs. My name's Chris, and in the studio today I have Jason, who's going to talk to us about Road Safety Summit and some of the work that he's been doing. Jason. G'day. Chris, how are you doing? Good. You just want to do a quick introduction because it'd be very. I think the listeners would be very interested in your background. Yeah, sure. Um, I'm at the University of Melbourne. Um, I'm in the Transport, Health and Urban Design Research Hub. Um, got a bit of a background in uh, sort of public policy. I used to work for the TAC um, a while ago in client research, so rehabilitation. And uh, my formal studies are in what happens to people after they have car accidents and how they how they uh, recover. Um, but I work a lot now in in uh, road safety and and some of the risks and, and urban design as well. So I'm interested in those sorts of topics. Yeah, because um, we initially got in contact because of uh, news last week of um, the state government having a road safety uh, summit. And this was initially, um, I think, announced back, I think, on the 8th of May. It kind of went under the radar a bit until the ABC picked up on the amount of road deaths we're having in Victoria, this massive spike. I think, was it, um, can you reel off any stats here? Yeah, we're we're up about um, 50% on last year, and that's just deaths too. So a a lot of the time we concentrate on road deaths, but, um, and we we forget about serious injuries. But but even if we just talk about deaths on on Victoria's roads, we came off of, of one of the, I think it was the, the record best year last year and everyone was sort of thinking, oh, you know, this is going in the right direction. But yeah, this yeah. year we're up to about 130, um, 133 deaths and I think uh, this time last year about 78. So we're up over 50% uh, year on year. Yeah, because that was the implication that um, also with uh, cyclists this time last year, one death. That's right. Uh, this year, four. That's right. And you can say that's a 400% increase and you can play devil's advocate and go, oh, it's a low base, but it's still pretty bloody terrible. Yeah. And I think the, the message um, and the, the real concern at the moment in Victoria is that all demographics, all road users, all age groups, whether you're a motorcyclist, whether you're a cyclist, whether you're a pedestrian, whether you're a driver, whether you're a passenger, whether you're male, whether you're female, whether you're old, whether you're young, all of those things are... Um, all of those those numbers are up, and they're all going the wrong way at the moment. Yeah, and it's it's interesting. That's despite a lot of things that uh, Victoria has been used as like a, a laboratory for yep. road safety stuff. Yep. Yeah, there's been some great initiatives here 
happened in Victoria, like you know, I was, was saying in the intro before we went on air about going back to the 1950s and 60s with Blood on Bitumen, yep. which was a series of articles The Age put out, and it was about you know the pioneering work. I think it was the police surgeon, Dr. John Birrell. Yeah, that's right. And, um, you know, breatho tests, 0.05, seatbelts, yep. and something's gone really wrong. Yeah, well, the, the argument is that a lot of the, um, I mean, a lot of those behavioural change uh, initiatives were about, you know, they were they were sort of low hanging fruit, if you like. They mm. took a lot a lot of time to get through to the community, and a lot of time for people to take them seriously. But we did take some of these things seriously, especially seat belts, especially drink driving. Uh, it changed community attitudes, and and we saw a, a continued drop. Um, I think we we dropped um, you know sort of risk by about eighty percent between the between the early seventies and, and today, but. The argument is that a lot of that low-hanging fruit is now gone. Um, now we're in a, uh, a society where our transport system and our lives are interacting much more and it's much harder to work out um, what it is that we do, what it is that we do next. Um, yeah. Yeah, so one part of that mix is infrastructure. And after the break, I'm going to take a call from David Blom, who I think, if I get this right, David, you probably got to correct me. Is the um, from Melbourne South? Was it Mel- Melbourne Metro Southeast Bicycle User Group? I think I've got that kind of in the right order, if not. But he's going to be talking about some infrastructure announcements, and um, we'll do that quickly after the break. I just think that it's ironic that the state of Victoria want to treaty with Aboriginal people, but have no issue in destroying our sacred sites. War is devastating on the environment. In peacetime, the military is a huge user of fossil fuels, a huge driver of nuclear energy and ultimately the architect of nuclear weapons. Subscribe to 3CR in 2019, fighting for social justice and environmental change. And to all the people that are so afraid of the solutions to climate change that they choose to live in denial instead, The current solutions to the climate emergency are much easier to cope with than the outcomes that will come if we don't. Feed Radical Radio? Go to 3cr.org.au forward slash subscribe or call the station on 94198377. Follow, follow the sun, which way the wind and you're back listening to Yarra Bicycle Users Group Radio on Community Radio 3CR. And on the line, got uh, David Blom. Did I get the name of the Bicycle User Group correct or did it was all over the place as usual? Yeah, it's um, Meebug Metro Eastern Bicycle User Group. Okay. Can you come in a little bit closer to um, your mic? Yeah, mate. Yeah, he's just a little bit distant. Yep, no worries. Thanks. Now, I've got uh, Jason from uh, Melbourne Uni in the studio too, and he's um, talking about what was going on with the Road Safety Summit. And can you kind of throw in a bit about what's been happening with um, infrastructure in the southeast? Yeah, well, out east, we've um, had an announcement from Paul Hamer, the new MP for Box Hill, and John Kennedy, the new MP for Hawthorne. Yep. And they've announced as part of the state government's budget that $370,000 has been assigned for planning a safe corridor from Box Hill to Hawthorne. So um, this has been a long time in the in the, the wait for? Yeah, it has. It's been the result of a lot of lobbying by Meebug, the Whitehorse Active Transport Action Group and the Burundara Bug. We sort of created a Facebook group, posted regular updates 
and after the planned level crossing removals at Mont Albert and Surrey Hills were announced, we got in touch with the prospective MPs who were campaigning at the November election at that point. Yep. It was also published in the Eastern Regional Trails Strategy recently, and we gathered together a petition of uh, nearly 2,000 signatures. And so, so you have a, um, a, um, an outright success, or is it one of those things that's going to take take a bit of time to play out with it, you know, with um, funding and impl- you know actually building the thing? It's possibly going to take a bit of time, but uh, we've also seen work on Box Hill to Ringwood Trail, where we've now got the final bits of work at Nunnawading Station and behind Box Hill High School and around Laburnum, and we've got a complete 10-kilometre link from Ringwood to Box Hill. And now, by the time we get this Box Hill to Hawthorne link, it will um, fill a gap that's really between the Coonung Creek Trail and the Gardner's Creek Trail, so effectively the Monash Freeway and the Eastern Freeway, and it's going to be a path straight down the middle between the two. Okay. So what, was there funding in... Yeah, um, did I just contradict myself? Was there funding in the state budget for this? Yeah, well, it's funding for the planning at this stage, so they've got to work out the route where they're going to take it and what paths they can actually build an off-road trail and what paths they'll need to either go on the road or provide uh, an engineering solution. Right. So this uh, potentially has massive implications for the southeast. Um, Pardon? Yeah, it has massive implications because to get from Box Hill to the city, you have to take a very big deviation if you want to go on a shared trail. This will mean it's pretty much a direct corridor um, and would knock off close to 10 kilometres on uh, somebody's commute if you want to take it off-road. Instead of going around contour lines? Yeah, pretty much. And um, what else could you say about what's happened around this um, this campaign? Well, there's been a lot of work by all of the local advocates, a lot of getting in touch with MPs and candidates of all stripes across the election campaigns and a lot of hard work being put together and the running of a uh, group and a Facebook page to provide regular information out there to everybody who is interested. Mm. Yeah, because I could think of like a, um, another situation where you got the relatively new engineering trail that was put in down the southeast, and when they got to Yarraman, um, this kind of gave up and thought it was too hard to co- to connect to um, Danlog. Now. Hypothetically, if that ever gets joined up, it'll be as big as what they did with the mid-1990s with, like, the Gardner's Creek Trail. And these sort of things, like car drivers, you know, vehicle things, all have things laid on from us. But when it comes to cycling infrastructure, which is, you know, zero point whatever of, you know, the last budget, we kind of get really get left out of the funding mix despite, like, the participation rates. Yeah, and it's also amazing the disconnect and the how you have to dematerialise and reappear in mm. particular locations just in order to be able to ride predominantly on trails. Mm. They seem to think that a gap in the network is accessible or that you can bridge a gap or things like that, whereas uh, what we're trying to get built here will be a um, direct link where you can pretty much follow the railway line all the way out to Belgrave once it's built. Yeah, that'd be phenomenal. This sort of thing will make a bigger difference to commuter levels on the railway, um, 
car traffic and being able to reduce the demand for parking, in particular places like uh, Swinburne Uni, where there is just such a high transport demand, this will make getting to and from that location so much easier. Yeah, so in closing, how can people either support or get in contact uh, with you and the, and, the, and the campaign group? Yeah, we can be found at Metro East Bicycle User Group, can be found at mebug.org.au, or you can look up the Facebook page, and that's Hawthorne to Box Hill Trail. Great. That's um, really great news, and uh, thank you for taking the time out today for having a chat. No worries, Chris. Thanks for the call. I spent the evening with the radio Regret the moment that I let you go Has your subscription lapsed? We want you back. Spend more than the evening with us. Reunite with us. Subscribe to 3CR and get excited. Call 9419 8377 or donate online, 3cr.org.au. And let's get back together. It'll feel so good. And thank you for David Blom for taking that call. That was a really interesting announcement for the South East. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, because um, I'm involved with a bunch of other people with another thing that's kind of inner east, which is the Warmley Street Bridge Coalition. And unfortunately, it's hit a, a bit of a hiccup. We didn't get funding in the state budget because um, it needs a business plan because it's over a certain amount. And mm. it was like after all the work, you know, um, you know, Richard Wynn comes back to us and goes, um, hang on, we've got to go through another process. But they are, in his correspondence to the group, that he remains committed. That's good. But it's getting really tight down there with the timelines because there's a lot of work going on down there at Warmler Street. Mm-hmm. And we d- I do take your point too about um, uh, roads seem to be a lot easier to get across the line than um, bike paths. Yeah, and you probably know too about um, the new transport department where they've rolled it all together. Mm, I know I know it's happened. I don't know much about it. Well, have they changed the domain names yet on the emails? Or uh, I doubt it. Because <laughs> <laughs> it was like that every kind of time we had a you know um, government change or DOI or department of many names and all the rest, we yep. all got rolled into something else. I got to say, um, uh, when that when that was announced, uh, I I uh, hesitantly um, put out on Twitter that that this might be a good thing that. There might be some coordination, and and um, there was a lot of scepticism out there. So uh, I hope I'm I hope I'm proved wrong. Yeah, because it's um, you know, is it the end of Vic Roads? Uh, well, I think it's the merger of Vic Roads. I mean, certainly the the function won't won't um, uh, won't change. Um, but maybe you know, my hope is that that a new department like that might mean that a range of perspectives are brought to bear on what it means to get people around and, and mobility in Melbourne and not just uh, not just thinking about roads and cars first. Mm. Now, getting back to, yeah, well, I contacted you was about this Road Safety Summit. Mm, yep. Now, I've got some stuff here like the ABC put out on Friday about, you know, um, some pretty tragic stories of like a woman losing several members of her family yep. and then losing another daughter to an accident that later she died. Oh, it's, I find it really difficult trying to even trying to read this stuff, the absolute mm. carnage that mm. happens out there. Mm. Mm. 
and um yeah it's just um where have we gone wrong well i, I think that um there is a, a road road trauma and ro- and road crashes are the fifth leading cause of death and disability in the world so this is a this is a problem that we have created ourselves through the invention of cars who you know a lot a lot of people really love cars but this thing ha- kills uh, about 1.3 million people around the world every year and uh, injures um, about 50 million more so we've created a machine um, for the purposes of getting us around it's not even that good at getting us around anymore because it's not good as a mass transport um, uh, mode and it's killing us and we still seem to be sold on it and we still seem to think that it's a good idea to plan our suburbs uh, and our, our lives around the fact that we expect to be able to drive everywhere and we expect to be able to park every, everywhere and we expect to be able to do it at uh, as fast as we as as we want to or as fast as we can. And um, I think that what we are seeing... Um, ultimately is is the end point of that system that we've created which is is the fact that we continue to see high rates of death and disability caused by these um by 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 these machines by cars and we even have to set up entire uh, health systems and insurance systems in order to cope with it and that that's that's what the TAC is the TAC was set up um, because the 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 health system couldn't handle the number of the amount of trauma that was that was occurring um, uh, through the hospitals and the thing that I find just uh, despite my age and experience and I've, you know seen some stuff how we completely normalize this behavior it's okay yeah. It's almost like it's okay. That's right. And 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 the the issue is too that it's very difficult for, for people to think that any of their behaviour is problematic because if you ask people, and when I was at the TAC, we used to ask people, um, you know, uh, uh, how, do you, how would you rate yourself as a driver? And about 85% of people rate themselves as as um, uh, average or better driver. So so when you're starting with that, when, you, when you're putting messages out, out there about you know other people other people should of course drive better you, you don't there's not many people who are integrating that into themselves mm. that it's it's all about someone else doing something wrong um yes. n- not necessarily about themselves like small case in point uh Darabin at the moment raging discussions up there about car parking issues because yep. they were looking at um you know restricting parking and putting in some things around the train stations um in the Darabin area or Der- Northcote area all the way up and the absolute furore I've seen yep. on every community group that I'm involved with or I'm a part of, you know, on Facebook mm-hmm. and Twitter and stuff like that. And you're going, you just can't take a step back from it. Yep. It's like this absolute, um, I I demand this. Yep, it's and a right. It's a right. And they can't take a step away to have a think about the implications of their actions. Yep, that's right. So, so um, yeah, people do have a, a, a fun, a, you know, they come at it, come at this sort of thing as a, as a rights issue. I, should, I have the right to be able to drive wherever I want. I have the right to be able to park wherever I want. That shouldn't cost me an inordinate amount of money. Um, and, and also, I mean, uh, you know, people who have invested might be $5,000, might be twenty, might be forty, might be $100,000 in their car, get 
really upset when you when you tell them they can't use it exactly the way in which the the ads have told them that they could use, use it. Use the ads. Well, there's 150, about $150 million worth of car advertising a year, which will tell you that you, you, know, you can drive wherever you want. There'll be no other cars on the road and it'll be a fantastic experience. And usually there's, you know, usually there's, there's, there's like a soccer team in your car or a dog or whatever it is might be. You know, like the reality is there's about 1.2 people in every car and mm. every car getting around. So, you know, we're, we're, we're driving around about a ton of, a ton of, uh, um, metal and um, uh, and and pollution, and we're transporting about 1.2 people at any time. Yeah, and the thing I just find absolutely staggering is, um, again, um, coming from getting to the cycling perspective of the the abuse and the attitude towards anyone who's not um, a motor you know motorized vehicle yeah, yeah. is something that you know again. We see and read every day that you, we're not supposed to be there. That's right. And this is this is part of that privilege, or should it's not privilege, a right. Mm. Um, we could we could sit here for a couple of hours and try and unpack this, mm. but um, the way that um, people who ride bikes get treated. Yep. And um, again, going back, I got started like you know, started riding for transport in the late nineties, and I I thought it was a bit harsh back then. Yep. And now um. It's just it's toxic. I uh, you know you can go for a couple of days and oh nothing's happened, nothing happens, and you'll get someone who will just go completely outside the normal terms of reference of their behaviour, and you'll just get this reaction out of someone when you're just riding along. Go, what the Christ is yeah. wrong with you? Yeah. Why are you just so pointlessly angry about nothing? Yeah, and also I mean yeah. that sort of a, like a you know an almost a dehumanisation of cyclists. Yes. You know, you're not a person anymore. You're a cyclist, and you get you get sort of lumped into the into that group of of you know whether people believe that you're delaying them or believe that you're 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 making them feel bad or, or whatever it might be. But but yeah, it's it's uh, it's you know it's not not always a healthy uh, healthy um, uh, environment out there. Yeah, so basically coming back to this road safety summit, they're coming down to distraction, they're coming down to yep. aggression. So as things are looking at road safety, um, what was it, the safety ratings for cars? Yep. Um, people using their phones. Would you, we can't look past, you know, like the rise of smartphones and massive distractions. No, no absolutely. And I think, I think look, I, I think what's, what's occurring is that, um, you know, they're coming back to the things that have always worked, you know, or will ha- worked since the seventies, which is you know, um, driving while uh, under the influence of alcohol or or, or drugs. Mm. That's fine. Um, mobile phones are a problem. That you know, seat belts, all all of the classic sorts of things that you associate um, with with road safety and that we've been dealing with for the last few years. But what these agencies cannot do, because the the people around that table, the people around that table are people like the TAC, who is an insurer. You know, they're, they're, they pay for the costs of, of people's injuries. So they're interested in, in, in people not being injured. You've got police who are doing the enforcement of people on the road who are already in cars on the road. And then you've got Vic Roads who are building the roads. You've got the RACV in there who's obviously interested in, in the interests of people who have cars. Um, you've got a, a range of people in there who are only thinking about what you do once you have a transport system which is car oriented so the work that we're trying to do in our um in the transport health and urban design research hub is to say look 
most of the the gains that we're going to get in road safety seem to have seem to have already happened. Yep. What we need to do is fundamentally rethink the way in which we design cities so that they aren't car dependent, so that people can move into other modes, so uh, other safer modes, so that um, you don't have entirely new suburbs built in the middle of, of, of nowhere where, where you have to own a car like that you're more likely to you know your household is more likely to own more cars the further you live away from from the city obviously because there, there are less less options so we're, we've 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 baked in if you like this car dependent transport system which is producing you know exactly what it is that it's that's designed to produce which is injuries um, based on uh, uh, collisions between either people or um, uh, people and cars or cars and cars or whatever it might be at speeds that are beyond what you know humans can handle we can we can sort of you know like my rule of thumb is that you can you can kind of handle a collision which is which is about the speed that you can run at your point in you know, the, your point in life. So, you know, young people can generally run, you know, maybe 30 k's an hour or 35 or something like that. Once you get a bit older, you might be able to run that, that fast anymore. You can you can kind of handle that level of collision. But, you know, our transport system is based on this on, on this and, and our lives are intersecting with our the way we the way we drive. Uh, and all of these things are creating a situation which is very, very difficult for us to get out of and has been backed into our transport system. Yeah, because at the moment, or not the moment, it's a long-term process, we're looking at Westgate Tunnel. Yep. We're looking at North East Link. Okay, there are kind of public transport initiatives going on. But again, if you look at uh, the state government um, funding for you know, pedestrians and cycling and all the rest of it, it's pretty minuscule. Yeah. I, 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 you know. I, I think I tried to graph it the other day and you couldn't see the the bar from the... Um, <laughs> from, from the you do a Venn diagram of exactly. like, you know, the font size is 0.1 or something. I don't know. And um, it's, it's the same in, in West Australia as well. I mean, yeah. it's exactly the same sort of sort of thing. You've got a reasonably progressive government over in WA, you know, in terms of Labor government, they... they talk a good talk but when you have a look at the actual funds that are committed um it's it's mostly towards um drivers and 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 cars in the idea that more roads will ease congestion which we know um is not the case okay in the four minutes we've got can we look at the really unpopular opinion of what needs to be done okay mm-hmm. we've been general mm-hmm. so what really needs to happen to go, yeah the devil's advocate's going to say oh this is a bubble and it won't happen again next yep. year mm, i don't know i've been look i don't drive i'm a passenger yep. and i've seen some stuff in the last week that really freaked me out yeah well i mean uh, let, let's let's concentrate on, on cyclists first yep. I and mean, the first thing is is to remove the intersection of of cars and cyclists, separated pathways. I mean, the sorts of things that we heard um, David was it David? You know, David Blom, uh, yep. David um, speak about before. Exceptionally important. If you don't have cars mixing with with bicycles, you don't have cars colliding with bicycles. It's pretty simple. Um, the I don't know how many studies have come out to try to you know sort of reprove this again, but this is this is the case. I'm. You know, so so for cyclist safety, we need strategic corridors that have weight of numbers of cyclists on those corridors, so that everyone, every driver who might intersect with any of those sorts of corridors, knows to expect that there are going to be cyclists, and knows to expect that they're going to be outnumbered by by cyclists as well, and, yep. and that and that leads to a sort of a safety in numbers um, effect, whether that's 
through the attitudinal change of drivers or whether that's through density. The mechanisms are, are, are up for grabs at the moment, mm-hmm. um, theoretically, but um, you need you need both of those things. So you need separation and you need weight of numbers of cyclists. Yep. And who else do we need to get around that table when they're discussing these things? Because, we, I, yeah. I would say we need urban planners. We, also, we actually need the um, health departments. Um, we need people who, are, who have... I mean, a, a lot of the the TAC is interested as an insurer because it costs them money. Okay, so so it every time there's a there's a crash, it costs them money. So this is the the system that's been set up with the TAC is very clever in that it's trying to reduce its costs all the time. But we need we need other people who are who are who are. Um, uh, going to pay the long-term costs of this, and whether that's we need um, we need councils to be much better um, advocates for their own areas. We need health departments to be involved with these things. We need a much broader um, uh, um, uh, range of people around around the table, not just those people who are at the um, at the tail end of of the of of the results of the transport system that we've set up. We need people to change the way the transport system is going to be, is designed into the future. Yeah, because it's kind of, it's all hinged on, you know, vehicle transport, because I could say from like, you know, the infrastructure funding mix, it's um, local governments pick up, you know, do the heavy lifting and they can't mm-hmm. really do it because they don't have the funds to do it. They've got rate capping. Mm-hmm. We've got a state government that's, you know, for regardless of what, um, if it's Liberal, Labor or some mix, they're still opposed to, you know, uh, doing proportional funding for you know, how many pe- people you've got participating in cycling and walking. Yep. And um, I think we're really starting to hit some really hard decisions yep. that need to be taken. And instead of, um, okay, you know, we put a um, safety summit on and we've ticked the box there. We can't do that anymore. Mm. We can't mm. do it anymore. And I'm not sure that there are any any particularly new ideas that, that, that emerged out of the safety summit. If we continue to focus on individual behaviour, um, I don't think we're going to get very far. We need to no. change the way the system's set up. Yep. Okay. Well, I think that's all we've got time for today. I just want to do very a good. little bit of a quick thing that... Um, Giro uh, finished last night, Giro d'Italia, and I just want to bring up something really interesting about that. You're probably thinking, ah, it's blokes and road cyclists and who cares. Well, anyway, it is important because the uh, winner from Ecuador, Richard uh, Carapaz, is coached by Iosin Morello, who's a female coach. So go have a think about that. (laughs) It doesn't matter who you are, it's your competence. And um, as I said earlier in the show, it, today is Radiothon kicks off and uh, $50 pays for one month's supply of coffee to keep our graveyard shifts volunteers going. <laughs> That's great. And, um, okay, $35 will pay for a new turntable stylus. Yes, we have turntables in here, kids. It's We're really happening. You don't have time to call? SMS your pledge of support to 048809. Eight double five, or get online, uh, yeah, three um, cr dot org dot au, and subscribe or donate, donate, or just call the landline. Yes, we still have a landline here. It is nine four one nine eight three double seven. And uh, Yarrabug, we've got our own Give Now page, and I'll put that into the podcast. We're putting it all over Facebook and Twitter at the moment. And uh, yeah, and also. 
before I forget, apparently today, the 3rd of June, is World Bicycle Day. It is. It's fantastic. What day. a day for it. What a day for it. <laughs> Beautiful riding day. It's, it'll give your fenders a workout, won't it? <laughs> That's right. How, how did you go coming in? Uh, actually, um, I've got in. I actually got an electric scooter a while ago, <laughs> okay. and I've been getting around on that um, lately because I've been catching the train in. But um, uh, it was wet. Oh, it I'll, was I'll say that. Weird. Anyway, so that's all we've got time for today. Don't forget to subscribe or donate to this show. Next week on Yarrabug Radio, we're going to have an hour-long program, so we're going to make sure that we get all four of us in here if we can do it. And um, we're going to be talking lots about bikes, and you, our wonderful listener, give us some money, please. Okay, up next is, um, oh, I believe it's Jailbreak. After, I haven't played this for a while, but I'll do it today. No Cars Go by Arcade Fire. You've been listening to a 3CR podcast produced in the studios of independent community radio station 3CR in Melbourne, Australia. For more information, go to allthews.3cr.org.au.